Before I begin my homily, I want to tell you about a situation that happened to me this week. It was very unusual. I went over to the service station to fill my car with gas. And you know how the pumps are lined up, one, two, three, four, five, six, and so forth, like that. And I was on pump five, and I was filling my car with gas. And the lady across from me on pump three pulled up, opened her gas tank, and put $10 of gas in. I looked at her and said, where do you plan on going with $10 of gas? She said, the pump four. <laughs> Wanted to get you in a mood, because the homily might be a little long, you see. So First of all, we've started out on Ash Wednesday. And on Ash Wednesday, we began the season of Lent. And remember what took place on Ash Wednesday. First, you were taught and told about the temporariness of this life. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Some of you, though, were blessed with the ashes, and what you were told was the way to be able to get to eternal life. Repent and believe in the gospel. You need to understand both those terms because they're very, very important to us as we prepare to go through our Lenten season, a very special time. The first three weeks of Lent, we told you the beginning, is when we are called to a life of conversion. What a conversion, because if you go to daily mass or you take the opportunity, if you can't go to daily mass, to read the gospel, you are told what that new life in the gospel is about. It's about fasting and prayer, almsgiving, conversion that you're supposed to go through, forgiveness, hardness of heart against all those evil things which come in your life, to love your enemy. Whenever I say that, I think of Jesus, Jesus sitting around a campfire and turning to his apostles and saying, love your enemy. I wonder how Simon the Zealot took that statement and the faith that he was there to be able to believe and realize what Jesus was telling him to do and telling each and every one of us to do. And he told us about justice and to love rich, the rituals of the church and to be called to holiness. You know, 12 days of Lent has passed. And I want to know how many of us, in listening to the call that Jesus gave us through the Synoptic Gospels, what have we been doing in regards to the concept of fasting, prayer, almsgiving? Have we gone to fasting to overcome the flesh? Have we gone to prayer to be able to be, get rid of that pride that's within our life and be able to pray to God? Have we used service and sacrifice and almsgiving to be able to eliminate the lust of our eyes? You know, in today's gospel, Jesus continues to be able to talk about this transformation we need to be able to have within our lives. It's called the transfiguration. It appears in the second week of Lent by tradition over all the years in the church, because in reality, a long time ago, this is 40 days before Good Friday. And what happens is this tradition was set at that particular time for the transfiguration gospel to be read on this particular day. And it's so beautiful because as we begin Lent, the transfiguration to me is a gospel of hope. It's a gospel whereby we are able to sit back and think, oh, how hopeful all this is. And we need to remember why this gospel is so much a gospel of hope because even though we didn't read it today, right before this gospel, Jesus told his disciples that he was going to have his passion, his death, and his resurrection. 
And could they understand that on their journey? Do we truthfully in depth understand that? They needed a lot more formation to be able to go and understand what this passion and depth that he was being called to was about. Because they envisioned a glorious leader of all that was going to transpire and take place. So he takes them up the mountain. And that's a very, very significant thing. Because in all the readings of the Old Testament, to go up the mountain was to get closer to God, where you could actually converse. Remember, Moses did it. Abraham did it. And it's important to be able to understand that, that they needed to go up the mountain, and they felt, to be able to get closer to God and closer to the understanding of all the things that Jesus has been telling us in the gospel. What happens is, as they go up to the gospel, Jesus begins to pray. But apparently, the three disciples are tied from the walk. And because they're tied from the walk, they lay down and they go to sleep. Do they understand truthfully what prayer is? And all of a sudden, they wake up because of some kind of brightness which has taken place. And when they arise, there they open up their eyes and they see Jesus transfigured with this prayer that he's having. Now, I'm going to diverse a second for all of us to take a moment to think a little bit about what prayer is supposed to be. You know, prayer can be private. Prayer can be communal. We need to understand that. And we can take our time with prayer. It can be vocal. It can be silent. It can be meditation. We can take Lectio Divino and study the scriptures. It can be contemplative. But what happens is, whichever form of prayer we choose, just like Jesus chose the prayer on the mountain, we need to understand that we have to be boldly in our heart and concentrating totally and clean our heart about our journey to salvation and the prayer that we have in our life. In the readings on the weekday that we just got finished during this week, Jesus taught us how to pray. He gave us the Our Father. Jesus tells us when we pray deep within our hearts to knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. Ask and you will receive. Prayer is the knocking at God's door. Fasting is the soul of the prayer. Almsgiving and charity is supposed to be the product of what comes out with prayer. These disciples who were sleeping, all of a sudden when they wake up, just like we wake up, to the beauty of Jesus Christ, at sometimes this brightness comes to us. And when we wake up, we are transformed just like them. And we too can see the brightness of Jesus in that transfiguration. He is showing these disciples his divinity. And there's three reasons why he shows them this experience. Why he gives them these three reasons, because they need this hope in their life as they're traveling this journey and they're growing within their life. Jesus wants to let them personally know that he reveals himself in his glory to these disciples and to each and every one of us. He reveals his divinity to them. We also need to understand that and get the hope within our lives. He also, in the, in the transfiguration, exposes to them the Trinity, the Father in the voice that comes out, 
Listen to him. The spirit in the cloud that comes and Jesus himself who's there in the Trinity, that he's there presenting himself in that brightness. And the third reason why Jesus had them go up in that transfiguration was because of the statement that was said, listen to him. And that's the same statement that's told to each and every one of us. Listen to him. Look at his life. He doesn't just speak words. Look at his actions. Look at his life. Look at everything that he does. And we too need to affirm him by our actions. When we pray, it's usually in isolation. When the RCIA students went the other night to Holy Trinity, and they went up to Arch the Archbishop, and the Archbishop invited the catechumens in, they noticed that in, that in their isolation, they were by themselves. And when they turned to the Archbishop, that was the second part that prayer must be, listening, listening to what the Archbishop said. One of the catechumens said he was blown away by the fact that the Archbishop kept his eyes on him, gave him undivided attention to what was doing, and turned to him and said, welcome to our family. And that touched him so hard and so much. We also need to be understand that we need to be committed to our actions when we pray. What's the outcome that comes from these prayers? When they're on the mountain, they're in isolation. They're listening. They're growing on their journey. They're being experienced to the commitment that each and every one of us need to have in our lives to walk the talk. And why did they need this shot in the arm at this particular time? Because when they came down from the mountain and their journey continued, they were going to go to the passion, the death, the resurrection, the last supper to see the Eucharist that was going to be presented. And also they were going to have to get there to eventually get to the spirit of Pentecost. They needed to see this divinity. They needed to see this hope. They needed to understand the journey that they were on. And they need to make sure that they were conscious towards the moments of what they were experiencing and what the Father's love and the Father's mercy was all about. One of the things that I used to do every time I went to an assembly with my students, every time we got together, the first thing I said, and some of you feel free to respond if you want, but the first thing I said at every assembly was, God is good, and they would all respond, all the time, all the time, God is good. Let's do it together. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Remember that in your life. That could be the little surge of hope that you have in your life when challenges are there each and every day. Listen to him. Glory in his brilliance. Fulfill the law of his commandments and his beatitudes. Believe in the creed that we're going to be saying in a little while. Also, take the opportunity to learn that Jesus is our redeemer, giving us that final covenant. And remember that God listens to our prayers when we knock, when we seek, when we ask. Surrender to Jesus. Always surrender to Jesus and have faith in him. To have a successful journey, we have to do our part. And our part is to remember, 
We need to go to the sacraments and get the grace we need in participating in this church. We need to go to the Eucharist. And if we can, take five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, one hour in adoration. Go to reconciliation for our shortfalls and ask for penance and ask for absolution. Love our enemy. Have spiritual reading and learn from those spiritual readings. And from those readings, develop a personal relationship in Jesus Christ. Build up your faith, your hope, and your love for the journey. Remember, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not the next day. We start now. We need to surrender to Jesus. And as you travel your journey, remember, we need to have peace in our lives. And may peace always be with you. And may you have God's grace in all that you do to be able to meet your daily challenges, the challenges that are presented to you each and every day by the culture of death and all the strength that we need to ward off the devil's temptation. You know, I used to tell some of my students sometime that temptation was good because when you were tempted and you warded it off, it made you a stronger person so that when he came back again with temptation, because you knew that you could do it and achieve and overcome temptation, you had the success with that, you continue to have hope in your life. And that's what, to me, what the transfiguration is all about, to have the hope in life, to see the divinity of Jesus, and to help me to practice my faith to the fullest with my actions.